Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up your pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and H.M.S. Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker.
our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Bless us today, we pray thee, and help us to honor thy name as revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember everyone who listens, and may the voice of prophecy broadcast bring blessing to them. In Christ's name. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest, near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, Sent from the heart of God. Hold us who bow before thee. Near to the heart of God. King's Heralds now offer a song about the dearest name in earth or heaven, the holiest name. Dearest name in earth or heaven, sweetest name my heart hath known. By the Father it was given to his well-beloved Son. Name, tis the lowliest name from the Father's lips to the earth it came, brought by angels of light in the stillness of night. Was the dear, dear name of Jesus. Oh, my soul would swell the chorus singing his redeeming love and ascribe eternal praises to the name all names above tis the 
the holiest name, tis the holiest name. From the Father's lips to the earth it came, brought by angels of light in the stillness of night, was the dear, dear name of Jesus. We listen now to Miss Del Delker, our contralto soloist. Her song is a musical setting of a poem entitled... Prayer perfect. Dear Lord, kind Lord, gracious Lord, I pray. Thou wilt look on all I love tenderly today. Now is HMS Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, this man. There's only one subject for Christian preachers, and that's a man. The man, Christ Jesus. A young minister just beginning his work in London was talking one day with an aged servant of the Lord who had spent a whole lifetime in the Christian ministry. The young man said... You've had a good deal of experience and know a great deal about the work of God. Can you give me some advice, some advice that will help me toward a successful ministerial career? Yes, I can. I'll give you this advice. You know that in every town in England, no matter how small, even though it's a mere village hidden away in the folds of the mountains, wrapped around by the far-off sea or under a clump of farmhouses, you'll find a road possibly a very narrow road, which, if you follow it far enough, will take you to London. So every text in Holy Scripture from which you will preach will always have a road that leads to Jesus. Be sure you follow that road. Never miss it, not even once. 
Never turn aside until you reach him. This is my advice to you. Friends, that's good advice for every preacher. It's not for us on this broadcast to attempt an explanation of deep theological questions. The voice of prophecy doesn't try to give a course in systematic theology in the few minutes we are on the air. In fact, this may never be necessary for the believer. But we do have the plain, simple statements of the Holy Bible in which to rejoice. Simple statements of Holy Writ in which to rejoice and be glad, and upon which to base our faith in Jesus as our Savior. It is plainly written that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. 2 Corinthians 5.19 Not only was Jesus Christ divine, but he took upon him the likeness of men. He became a man. He became a man so that he might die for the sins of the whole world. You'll read that in 1 John 2, verses 1 and 2. He is actually called the man Christ Jesus. You'll find that in 1 Timothy 2, 5. Again and again and again in the New Testament he is called this man. And of course, this draws our attention to him as a real living person, a man among us here on the earth. His worst enemies said of him, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Luke 15, 2. Jesus didn't separate himself from human beings because of their sin, but he associated with them to deliver them from their sin. When he made it clear that he knew he was the Son of God, his enemy said, This man blasphemeth. Matthew 9, verse 3. In spite of the miracles he performed and the holy life he lived and the prophecies he fulfilled, they were not willing to accept his credentials as the divine Son of God because he came as a man to this world. When he stood before the Roman judge who was a keen observer and a reader of human character and who had heard all the evidence against him, the verdict was, I find no fault in this man. Luke 23, 4. That was a carefully studied official verdict. There was no fault to be found in him. A little later, as Jesus hung upon the cross, the criminal who was crucified by his side said to his companion, who in his agony was condemning and cursing the crucified Savior, This man hath done nothing amiss. That's Luke 23. You and I are criminals. We are suffering the just reward of our deeds. We are paying our debt to society. We deserve what we're getting. But this man has done nothing wrong. That was the conclusion of a man acquainted with sin and crime when he looked upon Jesus. And as the darkness came down upon the earth at noon, the earth trembled, and Jesus cried that strange and bitter cry, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The Roman soldier guarding the cross involuntarily exclaimed, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Mark fifteen thirty nine. Years later, looking back to these events and the things that followed, the inspired writer said, But this man, after he had offered our one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Hebrews 10, 12. And there he is today. This man, Jesus, born into this world as a man, living here as a man, and yet at the same time the divine Son of God had been with the Father in the beginning. 
This Jesus, this man who lived on this earth, who suffered and died upon the cross, making atonement for our sins on Calvary's hill, this man is alive now, today, at this very moment, at the right hand of God. Why did his own nation disown him? Because by his purity and by his teaching he condemned their lives. Until in rebellion against his pure and holy life they cried out, Away with this man, release unto us Barabbas. Why did Pilate, the astute politician, the keen-minded and naturally just Roman judge that he was, why did he turn Jesus over to the man who put him to death? Why did he do it? Because he heard these frightening words, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. John 19.12 In spite of the injustice to Jesus, in spite of the blot on Pilate's record as a just judge, he was about to turn Jesus over to his accusers because to defend him would interfere with his own march to political success. Pilate must have Caesar's friendship. He must have access to the source of power. No one must come between him and his career. Therefore, the just judge became unjust and condemned Jesus to crucifixion. What this man Jesus did and what he does now and what he will do in the future, this is the subject of the New Testament and of the whole Bible. How can anyone preach a Christian sermon without preaching about Jesus? Mr. Spurgeon, the great layman preacher of the last century, once said that he had heard of ministers who could preach a sermon without mentioning the name of Jesus from beginning to end. But he said, if you hear such a sermon, be sure you never hear another one from the same man. If a baker should make a loaf of bread without any flour in it, I would take good care that he should never do so again as far as I was concerned. And I say the same of a man who can preach a Christless sermon. Let those go to hear him who do not value their souls, but our souls are far too precious to be placed at the mercy of such a preacher. And let us all say amen to that. Now you know, friend, it is perfectly possible for any of us to be absolutely orthodox professing Christians, to be sure that we're saved from perdition, and to know all about Jesus as the man of Galilee and the man of Calvary, and yet really be ignorant of this man in the very way that will bring salvation. When Philip climbed up into the chariot and traveled along the Gaza road, he found the man in charge of the vehicle reading from the prophecy of Isaiah, 53rd chapter, which is definitely a prophecy of this man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The Bible says that beginning at that scripture, he preached unto him Jesus. That's Acts the 8th chapter. Jesus was the subject of his preaching. He preached this man as the Redeemer, as the one wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. If we find salvation in this man, it must be as our Redeemer crucified for us and making a complete and final and eternal atonement for the sins of the world when he died upon the cross. There he made one sacrifice forever for us who believe in him. Hebrews 10.10 10. Jesus was this man, an actual human being here on earth. Is he still this man or is he a mere spirit essence or a ghost? Read the scriptures for yourself. Revelation 1.18, 1 Corinthians 15. He is now and evermore this same Jesus which was taken up from his disciples into heaven and he shall come in like manner. Acts 1.11 isn't it thrilling to think that through the eternal ages it may be our privilege to look upon Jesus, this same Jesus, who's here on earth, to see the wounds of the nails in his hands, the marks of the crown of thorns upon his brow, his feet pierced with the nails. This man is the mediator now between us and God. This man 
he can lay one of his pierced hands upon us. And as God, he can lay the other pierced hand upon the very throne of deity. As this man, he can sympathize with us, being touched with all the feelings of our infirmities, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15 As a man, yet God, he opens the door of mercy and grace to us in every time of need. Seriously, honestly, fairly, friend, what do you think of this man? C.K. Lee, a native Christian leader in China, while in this country spoke at a certain modernistic church on the West Coast. At the conclusion of the message, a young couple came up to him and confronted him with this question. Why should we export Christianity to China when you have Confucianism in your own country? Well, there are three reasons, said this godly Chinese teacher and preacher. First of all, Confucius was a teacher while Christ is a savior. And China needs a savior more than she needs a teacher. Second, Confucius is dead and Christ is alive. China needs a living savior. Third, someday Confucius is going to stand before Christ to be judged by him. China needs to know Christ as a savior before she meets him as a judge. And this can be said of every country, every nation, every people, every person on earth. So I ask you the question, what do you think of this man upon the cross? What do you think of this man who will judge all men and you? What do you think of this man who speaks from heaven? What do you think of this man who is Lord of all? So we preach Jesus Christ as Lord, yes, Lord of all, Acts 10.36. Our last and most direct question is this. Will you have this man to reign over you and guide your life? Will you accept his atonement for your sins? Will you accept his guidance in this life while on the road to eternity? Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry while on others thou art calling. Do not pass me by. Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling. Do not pass me by,
We should never forget that Jesus served his ministry while just a young man. Let us follow in his footsteps and go forward in faith. Now, here with the final word is H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh-day Adventist minister. Thank you, Orville Iverson. And to all we say, have faith in God. See clear his great design. Have faith in God, the promise yours and mine. Have faith in God. And Christ, our Lord divine, have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope that you'll be with us again next week for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.